Hi, this is Deanna. And this is Michelle. And this is Historable. So, Michelle. So, Deanna. Here we are again. Another beautiful week at Historical Podcast. In person. In person. Dun, dun, dun. Three weeks in a row. Yeah, it's like crazy. We're having a little pizza party over here. Yeah. It's a rainy day in Chicago, so we're having a little pizza party, a little wine. Just relaxing. A little face mask action happening after this. Yeah. Got a lot of fun plans later. Sure. But first, we have even more fun plans. Yes. As I mentioned in last week's episode, today we are going to be covering Molly Houses. I'm so excited. Yeah. So let's just like jump right into it. Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So we are going to be setting the scene. We are in London, which is one of my favorite cities in the whole world. Mm -hmm. It's the 1700s. And the gay scene was bumping in London. That's what I hear. Yeah. So it's actually um, some reports that I saw. It's believed that there were more gay pubs and clubs in London in the 1720s than modern day. That's crazy. So it was really happening. Really fun. Good times back then. Unfortunately... During that time frame, so the 18th century, sodomy was considered a crime under the Buggery Act of 1533. The 1700s, for those that are like me. Bad with centuries. (laughs) Bad with centuries. So the Buggery Act of 1533 was passed during the reign of King Henry VIII. And so what that did was... It actually moved the issue of sodomy from the ecclesiastical courts to the state. And ecclesiastical, that's like church, right? Yep. So the ecclesiastical court system was set up by European churches like during the, the later Middle Ages. Okay. And so really those were matters involving the church and the clergy um, for like what they considered religious offenses or secular matters. Got it. I'm going to give you a little round of applause for saying ecclesiastical. I practiced a few times before yeah, today. I'm so proud. <laughs> Words are so hard. That was good. Yeah. So with this act, it really kind of made sodomy and, you know, all those things, not just a kind of a church moral issue, but an actual legal issue with the state. So yeah. pretty big deal. Huge deal. The act did not specifically target sex between men. Um, so it also considered like uh, like cheating on your spouse, people with animals, things like that. But for what it's worth, I think the biggest focus at the time was convictions on same-sex men hooking up. So that was the most common and like the most publicized. Got it. And Rather un- than women and women. Exactly. No one seemed to really care about women on women. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, So being caught in a homosexual act of any kind or an act of sodomy, there was a lot of different punishments that you could get. So time spent in the pillory, 
doing service, um, but a lot of it ended in a death sentence, depending on the case and the situations around the sodomy, if you will. So crazy time. Um, So regardless of the Buggery Act of 1533, luckily in London, there were private social spaces where gay men from all classes could meet safely. They could come socialize. They could openly discuss how they're feeling, their issues, and express their identities. And it is the Molly House, which we mentioned last week. (laughs) Yeah, when did we mention that? Was it, um, so last week's episode was Drag, a sequel, Mm -hmm. where we talked about a couple just drag queens throughout history. And this one, oh, it was Princess Serafina. Exactly. Her royal highness loved herself a a Molly House. So that's where it came up. That's right. Yep. So during that time, Molly was a slur that was used for effeminate homosexual men. I also read in a couple different source notes that Molly or Maul also referred to lower class women or women selling sex. But for the most part, it was primarily meant for gay men. Okay. Bless their hearts, the gay men were like, we're going to own it. And they really turned it into like a positive form of like, yes, we're Molly's. And they just rocked it, which is so fun. That is amazing. Because, yeah, if you're getting bullied, if there's nothing that they could be b- b- hurt you with, yeah, then you can't be hurt, honey. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But Molly houses will always be welcoming (laughs) exactly so gay men at the time really were like yep molly's we love it we've got these molly houses now it is worth noting that men of all types frequent the houses so you had masculine men effeminate men working class you know super rich people it was a very wide range of men that went to these uh, locations yeah it wasn't necessarily just effeminate gay men. Okay. Um, also, to some trans people and things like that. So very, a lot of different... Um, diversity. Diversity at the Molly houses. Sure. Also, diversity in the fact of where these Molly houses were homed. So you had private back rooms, clubs, taverns, inns, gin shops, public homes. Kind of all across the board was different avenues and venues that you could find molly houses many of the houses were meant to be social places to kind of just discuss mingle build your family some of them were also and by some i mean many uh they were kind of quasi brothels and they were really to like come express yourself and find pleasure sure because i mean sometimes you just feel a little too comfortable a little too at home have a couple drinks in you you know gotta do what you gotta do it happens A lot of the houses um, within London were located around Covent Garden, Moorfields, Lincoln's Inn, and the Royal Exchange. And typically, they were found in areas that were home to higher levels of prostitution and crime. Okay. That makes sense, I feel like. Yeah. I don't... I mean, that's probably a place where they maybe felt a little safer. I don't really know, you know. I would assume, (laughs) logically speaking, that if prostitution was... Uh, running a little bit more rampant in the area that the police kind of avoided that area for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And then therefore these Molly houses could fly under the radar more. Exactly. Because they weren't being as heavily scrutinized as maybe other areas. Yeah. And they will get scrutinized, which I will talk about shortly. Um, Unfortunately. But first, let's talk about the houses themselves. So like, what was going on? What were they doing? 
So it was pretty common uh, for men that went to these Molly houses. They would wear women's clothes. They would speak or act in what is typically known as more feminine ways. They all had a lot of fun names. So these, this is probably my favorite part. Like Princess Serafina. Yep, she's <laughs> on my list. Awesome. So you have Princess Serafina, uh, Plump Nelly, Primrose Mary, Aunt May, Susan Guzzle. <laughs> oh, honey. Aunt England, and the Duchess of Chamomile. <gasps> I want to be the Duchess of something. What do you think your, your drag queen persona name would be? Well, it has to be the Duchess Obvi. Mm-hmm. So the Duchess of... Ugh, I don't know. This is too hard. Come back to me. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I really put you on the spot there. And of course, Princess Serafina was very well known on the scene. For sure. In the homes, the men referred to each other as sisters. Uh, They would use the female pronoun, she, her, things like that. And also what was really cool, it was a sense of community. So the Mollies had their children, their sisters, their husband. They really kind of created their own little family network within these homes. Kind of like drag families. Exactly. Okay. I mean, kind of like like the, the origins of probably drag families. Exactly. And a lot of what I read did reference this was kind of the origins of a lot of the drag family culture that we see today makes sense it tracks yeah back then and so really you know this is where they had these families that they chose themselves they could be open and vulnerable with one another about how they were feeling what they were going through what they desired find a sense of community exactly um And obviously, as a society, this wasn't necessarily accepted. So they did use code words to disguise, like, where they were going. I think mostly Molly houses were referred to as coffee houses. That's normally what you would see um, to reference those places that they would frequent. That makes sense. I don't know. I feel like we need to do a history of coffee. That'd be fun. That'd be really fun. Future episode. TBD, guys. (laughs) Okay. So that was a little bit about... The homes, who was going to them. So now let's talk about the raids, like I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So between 1726 and 1727, historians guess there were approximately 17 raids on Molly houses. Oh, wow. A lot of what historians reference are actually newspapers of the time. Um, And so a lot of what we know about the Molly homes actually come from court proceedings and the transcripts coming from the court following the raids on the houses i mean that makes sense because i think we talked about it i don't know some in one of the two episodes we recently did where it's like yeah they uh, this whole community was not being talked about at all and if it was it it was talked about in court proceedings or in like a very negative like newspaper post exactly but even then like i would think that most newspapers of the time would think it too scandalous to post something like that for their readers yes and actually newspapers at the time didn't often use the phrase molly house so if you're an internet sleuth and you want to go look at newspaper clippings from the 1700s, oftentimes you'll need to look for the house for entertainment of sodomites or keeping a disorderly house, which I know we've mentioned in previous episodes before. Yeah. Yes, I think that's what... Oh, they got someone on that. Oh, uh, it's coming to me. Washington, D.C. Drag balls. William something. 
It'll come to me. <laughs> Sorry, he wore William. the beautiful cream ball. Guys. Yes. He had to. He went after the police officers and said, "You is no gentleman." Yes. I forget his name. It'll come to. Wasn't me. William Frey? Was it? No. I don't know why I thought of William Frey. I don't know what that it means. It sounds like the an of the time name. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come to me. I'll say it. But yeah, we did. He got busted for keeping a disorderly house. So. Definitely a more, I guess you could say, PC way of a Molly house or something of the effect. Exactly. And when they look back on records and things like that, as I mentioned earlier, there's really no record of women or lesbians um, attending these establishments. And it's actually kind of shown that throughout history, lesbians in general are just more difficult to track. Uh, lesbianism wasn't criminalized the same way as it was between men. Well, so do without what you will. <laughs> I mean, patriarchy. yay. <laughs> but like, yay yeah. for us? Yay, I don't know. Yay for us and for all the <laughs> lesbians around the world. Right. Like, it. who knows? Yeah. But so lesbianism was just not criminalized the same way that it was between men and yeah. wasn't documented in the same way. So now I'm going to actually talk about some of the raids and some very specific molly homes molly okay. houses um that i found through my research so one of the ones i came across was miss muffs miss muffs yes okay so this was in Whitechapel. uh the molly house was owned by miss muff the actual man who ran this establishment his name was jonathan muff so this specific molly house stood in black lion yard Apparently, the yard is no longer there, but the Black Lion House is still in London at 45 Whitechapel Road. Okay. So on October 5th, 1728, there was a news article from the British Gazetteer. 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 Sure. Um, talking about the raid. So I'm just going to read a direct quote from that article. Okay. So it said, on Sunday night... Last, a constable with proper assistance searched the house of Jonathan Muff, alias Miss Muff, in Black Lion Yard near Whitechapel Church, where they apprehended nine male ladies, including the man of the house. They were secured that night in New Prison, and Monday morning they were examined before Justice Jackson. So there were nine men arrested that night. Unfortunately, two of them were whipped, one was fined. Two were acquitted, and one was put in prison. His name was Thomas Mitchell, and he did attempt to end his life in prison. So that's quite the mixed bag of punishment. Yeah, and I think that's something I've seen through most of my research is it it varies. They capture all of these men in one spot, and there's varying levels of punishment, which I don't really understand how that comes about. They just, like, roll a die, and they're like, oh, this is you today. Pretty much. That's so weird. Yeah, so there was another one um, on Tottenham Court Road. Uh, so this was also during the 1720s. There was a Molly house run by Julius Caesar Taylor, and it was said that he was actually a free black man. So... Pretty cool for back then. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some interesting rituals for this specific Molly house. So when new visitors would come, they would be given a female name, and then they would have a glass of gin thrown in their faces. I mean, to each their own. No clue why, but that was just like, welcome to the Molly house. 
gin face. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> Ginger face. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. Um, so, unfortunately, Julius Caesar Taylor was arrested, and he was found guilty of having indecent relations with another man. Um, he was also found guilty of our favorite charge, the disorderly house. Sure. And also, his charges included entertaining wicked abandoned men who commit sodomical sodomical practices i don't know but that was one of his uh charges they got charged with literally a mouthful of words just meaning bullshit exactly another molly house plump nellies that was also raided so that one was run by a man named samuel roper also known as plump nelly and his wife so plump nelly was arrested in 1725 at another Molly house and then was once again arrested in 1726 for sodomy and keeping a disorderly house. Unfortunately, he did die um, in prison while awaiting trial. Ugh, that's so, so sad. I mean, that's just a few of some of the raids, but now I'm going to talk about probably my favorite Molly house slash raid that happened. Okay. And that was at Mother Claps Molly house. I mean, that's quite the name. <laughs> okay, so Mother Claps Molly House. This was the one that had the most information available during my research, which is really exciting. And as I mentioned, it is my favorite. So it was very popular amongst the underground gay community. We do have record that it was in existence for at least two years. It was under police monitoring from 1724 to 1726. Okay. My guess is... It was around longer, but we don't know for sure. That's when it came on the radar. Exactly. And this Molly House specifically was a private residence slash coffee house. It was located in Field Lane near Holborn, and it was owned by a man named John Clapp, but it was run by his wife, Margaret Mother Clapp. And so Mother Clapp, there you go. That's the name. What I loved most, I mean, I loved, um, oh, I love so much about Margaret, but she really cared for her visitors. She brought them into her home. She would let the men stay for sometimes years at a time. She would also provide false testimony to help men get acquitted of sodomy charges. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So lying's never good, but in these cases, when you're like trying to save somebody, that shouldn't have been punished, I feel like. Exactly. What are you going to do? I don't know. So she was definitely an advocate for the community and supported and loved them and helped them whenever she could. As I mentioned earlier, a lot of the Molly houses were brothels, but her home was not. So it's assumed that she didn't host people for a profit. She just kind of did it out of the good of her heart. Yeah, just trying to be a safe landing space for some of these people. That makes sense. That's kind Yep, so she did have a special room um, that was pretty frequent in other Molly houses, but it was sometimes referred to as a marrying room or the chapel, and there would be a large bed. And this was kind of a room that two men would enter to be married. I mean, spiritually, not legally. But So she was very supportive of people getting married, and she would host that in her home as well. Mm Mm-hmm. It's said that a lot of the regulars would often 
dance, they would have fun, they would curtsy, they would just like live their best life in Mother Clap's Molly House, which I love. Unfortunately, in February of 1726, police did raid her home, and I guess this came from observation of the Society for the Reformation of Manners. Have you heard of this at all? No. This was an organization set up to promote mural... (laughs) Morally? I'm trying to say moral purity. (laughs) Murally. Okay, so they were set up to support moral purity. It's hard to say. It does. I was going to say, it says... Now I can't talk. It schmingles together. That's what I was going to say. All right. I'm not taking this, but now we're keeping this in. You're welcome, guys. All right. So this group was set up to promote moral purity. Golf clap. Of the times. And I mean, they were all in everyone's biz, but they really had a bee in their bonnet about the Molly houses. So it sounds like they were kind of stalking them and being like, hey, police, check these Molly houses out. I think I came up with my my drag name. What's that? The Duchess of Bees in the Bonnet. Ooh, that's a good one. (laughs) That's a really long name. Maybe I'll shorten it to something else. But I love that phrase, Bee in the Bonnet. You could just be like Lady Bee. Bee. And then there's more to it. Duchess Bee. Duchess Bee. I like that for you. Love that. So when the police raided the home, one officer reported he, quote, found near men 50 there making love to one another, as they called it. He also reported that the patrons would get up, dance, blah, blah, blah. I I don't think this was an orgy house. Like, I Mm -hmm. think maybe the policeman was being a little dramatic, but that is what is in the official reports of the time. Okay. And in true fashion of the time, Margaret Clapp was brought to trial for keeping a disorderly house. Sure. Per use. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, There were other men that were arrested that night. Um, There were about 40 men that were arrested. Several were released. Some were fined. Some were imprisoned. Some were sentenced. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff that came out in these trials about what was happening in there. Um, It was said that Mother Clap didn't just, like, supply meet and greets but also booze and was just like a big party den i'm sure that's not true but according to the trial transcripts that's what happened it was just a big old disorderly house yep exactly just a crazy house of a a den of iniquity iniquity inequity yes iniquity (laughs) (laughs) we were watching vanderpump rules the other day and lisa vanderpump said that and i was like i love that phrase this was a perfect way for you to segue that into the podcast (laughs) (laughs) i had to talk about vpr (laughs) exactly unfortunately of the men that were apprehended that night uh there were three that actually were hung gabriel lawrence william griffin and thomas wright were tried for sodomy and hanged together at the Tyburn Gallows, um, which is close to where the Marble Arch stands today. In regards to our girl Margaret, she was found guilty. Uh, She was sentenced to stand in the pillory at West Smithfield. She had to pay a fine, and she was also imprisoned for two whole years. Dang. For hosting her, her disorderly house. Dang. Which just stinks. That's just so sad. It really is. Oh, and I remembered the name. Oh, yeah. William Dorsey Swan. 
Thank you. Cream ball gown. Extraordinaire. Love that. Anyway, I just wanted to give him his deuce. But yeah, uh, I don't really know what standing in the pillory means. I think it's... Is that where you're like tied to a post and people throw rocks at you? <laughs> That's what I feel like that is. Yeah, so the pillory was essentially like wooden stocks where people would kind of just be standing there in the stocks. People could come by and... Shame them. So it was like a public shaming. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Yeah. They were like locked in there. Yeah. Not great. Um, But yeah, that was, that was what happened to our girl, Margaret. And I think that was my favorite of all the Molly houses that I heard about. Tragic. Exactly. So to sum it up, I mean, Molly houses were a very important piece of history. I think they influenced a lot of things today. I think it's safe to say that, you know, people have been questioning their identity and societal norms for years and years and years. The beginning of time. The beginning of time, um, as we discussed in our drag episode as well. Um, So this is just another example of how that's happened throughout history. And I thought it was kind of an interesting topic to talk about um, while we're in Pride Month. And yeah, I mean, they were just trying to live their best life and do their thing. So there you go. There is definitely a foundation there to kind of what we discussed about more more modern drag culture, drag houses, drag families, drag balls, all that kind of stuff. It all just kind of like, yeah, it ties back to this. Right. It's not a new phenomenon. It's not new. (laughs) It's not going anywhere. It certainly is not. So um, it was... I think it was really cool to just kind of learn some of that backstory. It's timeless. We support it. You go. You go, Glenn Coco. All right. Well, Dee, thank you so much for putting that together. I'm so glad that we covered this, especially because we talked about it last week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was like a perfect transition. So thank you so much for doing that. Uh, Listeners, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode today. And if you did like it, make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. We are on all the major ones, so that really helps us out. Leave a review. Five stars. You know, whatever you feel like. (laughs) Whatever Uh, you think is appropriate. Yeah. Um, That really helps us. So we always appreciate that. Uh, feel free to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, all at Historical Podcast. Send us a Gmail, historicalpodcast at gmail.com. And always feel free to check out our website. We always post our source notes there um, for every episode. So D's source notes will be posted there as well. And as always to our LGBTQ community, we love you. We're here to support you. And we are always looking for ways to learn more about you. So I just love the episodes that we've been doing this month because I feel like I've definitely learned a ton. So thank you, Dee, again. Thank you, listeners. We love you. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. I don't know what my... I need to really think about what my drag name would be. I know. I feel like I'm rethinking the word duchess. I want to be like... Lady B Bonnet. Lady, the letter B and then Bonnet. Oh, yeah. Lady B Bonnet. I think that works. Duchess B Bonnet. Cool. We'll still have to figure out mine. The Queen of the World B Bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> you are Beyonce could never be Bonnet. 
Deonce. Deonce. Lady Deonce. Lady Deonce. Done and done. Done and done. Cool. Bye. Bye. Just remember to clap yourself in. I will. For mother claps. Something for mother claps. <laughs> do, 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 do,